This is Betsy Jensen, and you are listening to Unstoppable Body and Mind, Episode 27, Sneaky Little Thoughts. In this podcast, we learn to upgrade our brain and understand the power of our thoughts to heal and to create the results we want in our life. Become the person in control of your healing and make peace with your life. Become unstoppable, body and mind. Hello, my friends. Today we are going to talk about sneaky little thoughts. It's a concept that I first heard on Jody Moore's podcast, Better Than Happy, and I am going to use a few of the same examples that she uses. But the concept here is that it's usually quite easy to see when we have negative thoughts. You know, when we are like, that guy is a jerk, or I'm so stupid. Like, it's easy to see that those are negative. But there are also some thoughts that sound really nice. They might be justified or even just seem like you're telling the truth. It's just a fact. But they create a negative effect. So I'm going to give you lots of examples. But basically the way that we'll know if a thought is a sneaky little thought or not is the way it makes you feel. And I like to use love and fear as basic categories of emotion. You could also use abundance and scarcity or just positive and negative. It's really important to see how our thoughts actually make us feel. So let's start with the first example. I just want them to get along. I think this a lot about my children. Right now I have three teenage boys and a pretty feisty 12-year-old girl, and there is some bickering, there's some fighting, there's more contention than I would like, and I don't want them to fight. I want them to get along, I want them to be happy, I want them to be nice to each other. So this seems like a nice, sweet, legitimate, normal thought that a parent could have, but it's also a sneaky little thought. First of all, when you're wanting something that you don't yet have from a place of neediness, it is scarcity. Also, it's something that I don't really have power over. I mean, of course, I can give some consequences and I can teach my kids some things, but ultimately, I can't control if they're going to be fighting or not. And so focusing on something like that, it's kind of like saying in order for me to be happy, I need you to act this certain way. That's a pretty powerless place to put yourself. Plus, as Byron Katie says, when we think thoughts that are in contrast to reality, we suffer. And of all the siblings that I've ever met and with my personal experience, being a sibling and having children, I would say that people don't always get along. (laughs) Siblings don't always get along. Life is 50-50. There are times people get along and there are times people don't. So you can see how this thought, I just want them to get along, is one that doesn't really cause you a lot of good feelings. Now, I'm not saying it's bad to think this or that you should never expect children to get along or that you should encourage fighting or that you should do nothing if they're fighting or that nothing we say or do matters because we can't control other people. Sometimes when we start to question our thoughts, then our brain goes to the opposite. Well, if I don't want them to get along, then obviously I'm going to encourage fighting. And that's not what I'm saying at all. 
You could absolutely still have limits and consequences for your children's behavior. But if you find yourself with a sneaky little thought like, I wish they would just get along, then maybe you could redirect your brain a little bit. What about thinking, my family is full of humans that are doing the best they can. Sometimes they don't get along and that's okay. I can love all of them, regardless if they are getting along right now. You could think, maybe they don't need to get along right now and that's okay. What about, I love all of them and can show up how I want in my family. That's a lot more empowering for me. I'm controlling the only person I can control in this situation. You could think their lives are 50-50 and they can feel all emotions. Sometimes it's like we want to protect our kids from ever feeling negative emotions and to just be happy all of the time. Because, you know, that's generally what we're taught and what we want. But children are made to feel all emotions just like we are. You could think, I want everyone to be themselves. I want everyone to be humans with the entire range of emotions. So any of those alternate thoughts can still be true, but they put the emphasis more on the things that I can control and letting other people be who they are and do what they will do and have the emotions that they will have. And then I show up how I want to. And I guarantee if I have cleaned up my thinking, then when my kids are fighting, I'm not making it mean that they're horrible children or that I'm a bad mom or that things have gone horribly wrong or that there's no hope for them. I'm thinking of my responsibilities, my power, things I can control. And I'm less likely to be acting crazy and yelling at them and basically showing them an example of a, a way I don't want them to act, which is what usually happens, right? I've so many times <laughs> yelled at my kids to stop yelling. It's so ironic. Okay, here's another sneaky little thought. I want to be a better mom. Or you could insert anything here. I want to be a better parent. I want to be a better sister. I want to be a better employee. I want to be a better boss. That sounds like a really nice thought, right? But how does it make you feel? Do you feel love when you think that thought, I want to be a better mom, I want to be a better employee? Or do you feel fear? It's kind of assuming that you aren't good right now. You should be better. And as a little red flag, anytime you hear should or shouldn't, you can almost guarantee that it's a thought that is not serving you. It's a sneaky little thought or a blatantly negative one. Maybe not sneaky. Again, with this thought, I want to be better. It's coming from this place of scarcity. There's this wanting. There's this little twinge of pain. There's some criticism. It's like you're noticing what's wrong and beating yourself up a little bit. So again, it's not to say that we don't want to improve. We don't want to be better people. But if you're trying to change from a place of guilt and shame, then you're not going to get very far. What if you thought, I am a good mom or sister or employee, whatever. I am a good fill in the blank and I'm going to keep working on things and improving. 
or I'm going to keep being an even more amazing mom. Very different feel, right? Okay, how about the thought, I want to be treated with respect, or he should respect me, or I should be respected. Who are you giving all of the power to here? You're basing your feelings of being respected in someone else's hands. Really, in reality, people can talk to you however they want. You decide what you do with that. Now, you could ask people to talk to you in a certain way, but as long as you're trying to control how people treat you so that you feel better, you will suffer. If your brain is going to the extreme on the other end, no, it does not mean that you need to be a verbal punching bag for anyone to treat you any way that they want and you just take it and tolerate it. You choose what you do, what you think, what you feel about what people say to you. You can remember that what people say to you is more a reflection of them than it is an actual truth about you. And you could have some boundaries. You know, if they're swearing at you or yelling at you, you could say, if you do this, then I'm going to walk away or then the conversation is over. But really recognizing that your emotions come from you. No one else has the power to make you feel respected or not. So alternate thoughts you could think could be the way people treat me has to do with them, not me. The way I treat myself teaches others how to treat me. This is one of my favorites. What other people think of me is none of my business. Totally different feeling. Because here you're respecting yourself, which is basically where the feeling of respect comes from, not from other people. A similar sneaky little thought is, I deserve to be treated better, or they deserve better. Those children deserve better. This can be super painful when we're thinking of other people. And sometimes there are horrible situations. I mean, something that I've heard a lot about recently is the Underground Railroad, the sex trafficking of children. And it's, you know, kind of something that I think is horrific. And I think most people do. And I think we want to think that that's horrible. You know, we don't want to just think that that's okay and that's fine. And I have an episode where I talk about clean pain versus dirty pain. And so there might be some clean pain associated with thoughts about stuff like that. But there's also some dirty pain. When we keep thinking those kids deserve better, then we loop in our minds and just get more and more negative emotions. And this can be kind of paralyzing. We can become less productive we feel helpless and don't know what to do and don't know how to change things, but just keep thinking about them and feeling horrible. So changing that thought line in your model will lead to different feelings and actions and results. If you thought something like, I want to contribute in some way to this problem, then you might have the feeling of being inspired or being helpful. I recently went to a lemonade stand. I like to always stop when kids are selling lemonade and support them because a lot of people did that for my kids when they were little selling lemonade. And I 
ask them what their sign was, the sign that said all of our proceeds go to OUR, and it was Operation Underground Railroad. So this family was taking action to do something rather than just spinning in negativity and pain. And I'll tell you what, when that woman handed me the lemonade and talked to me about what she was doing, she looked really happy. (laughs) And when I gave her some extra money, I felt happy too. So emotions are so complex. It's not just black and white. If they're coming from fear or scarcity, or if your thoughts are denying reality or you're trying to control others, then your thoughts are going to be painful to you. And then you're not showing up as your best self. Okay, how about the thought, he's not living up to his potential? That sounds so much like a manual we have for someone, right? And it sounds kind of nice because we're saying, oh, he has so much potential. So that kind of sounds like a nice thing we're saying. But it's really quite a judgmental thought. It's definitely based in fear, not love. Even though it sounds like something a loving person would say, he's not living up to his potential and I just want the best for him, he could do better, it's implying that he's not doing well enough. How about he is a human who's trying his best? Or I can love him no matter his choices. How about this? I just want an apology. It seems really basic, right? sounds so reasonable to ask, like common human decency. I I just want an apology. But is this from fear or love? Sounds like you're basing your happiness on whether someone apologizes or not. Why do you want that apology? What do you think it's going to make you feel? If you are in unconditional love, you don't demand that people act any particular way. You just let them be themselves and not apologize if they're not going to. And that's okay, you don't need that to feel love. You feel love for having unconditional love for someone else. This is some really next level stuff, right? (laughs) I mean, it's so easy at first to just be like, why do I have to be the one to change? Like, why can't these people all just do these other things? I just want an apology. I just want to be treated with respect. But when we're trying to control other people, it's just hurting us. How about this sneaky little thought? This really matters. I just want to, you know, do well on this test because it really matters. I want to have a clean house at all times because this really matters. Is this thought motivating to you? Or does it put pressure on you? Is it love or fear? It's definitely a little more from the fear side. I would feel maybe some overwhelm and maybe be thinking about what is going to happen if I don't reach that goal. What if you could think that none of it really matters in the end? Putting extreme pressure on ourselves is not going to bring us closer to the result that we want. So all of these experiences of life don't make us better or more whole or more valuable. They're just changes in our life experience. But those things that we're putting pressure on ourselves to do or to make perfect, maybe they don't really in the long term matter. 
Now, what are some sneaky little thoughts that I see a lot working with people with chronic pain and healing? Number one, I think, is I wish this would happen faster. You can tell that's very much from a place of scarcity. There's urgency. There's impatience. It's negative. It's from fear, not love. Patience and compassion with yourself is one of the most important things that I teach regarding healing. And when people talk about wanting things to happen faster, it definitely is a frustrating type of thought to have. You could think, I'm feeling exactly what I need to right now, or my body is signaling me that I need to rest and repair. Time is relative. You could listen to my episode about Einstein time. Because in reality, the more we're thinking, I wish this would happen faster, it's actually going to take longer, right? (laughs) The more that we're so clinging and so desperate for a certain outcome, and we're coming from negative emotions, then it's less likely that we are going to take the actions that we would need to do in order to actually make it happen. Sometimes thoughts can have different effects on different people depending on how they're interpreting it and what they're making it mean. So here's a thought. The pain is in my head. So sometimes as we start to get familiar with this work, we start to realize how much the brain is contributing to the pain that we feel in our bodies. And for some people, when they think this thought, the pain is in my head, it kind of helps them reminds them and it's something pretty neutral that they'll just say to themselves oh this pain is in my head and then just kind of ignore it and move on or they'll even remind their brain not to overreact okay brain I hear you this pain is just in my head I'm on to you but I've also heard people use this phrase in a very negative self-defeating way So they feel like the pain is all in their head, and since they're still having that pain in their body, then they must be doing it wrong. They're not good enough. They're too broken. It's like they're using that as another way to beat themselves up. So again, that's why it's so important to determine for you how this thought makes you feel. What might be a sneaky little thought or even a negative thought for me might be neutral for you, or it might be motivating and positive for you. So what do you do when you find a sneaky little thought? The first thing is to recognize that it is a thought. It's not a circumstance. It's not a fact. People do not need to treat you with respect. People do not need to apologize to you in order to manage your emotions. Circumstances are only things that are everyone would agree on. It could be proven in a court of law. Sometimes just recognizing that people could see this situation in different ways can be helpful. The second thing to do is be willing to question that thought. Open yourself up to the idea that it might not be true, that you could think of something a different way. Kind of loosen your grip on your expectations of yourself and others. The third thing is to decide to think something different. 
try to shift your focus if you find yourself continually thinking things that are not positive for you. And this is hard because we, our brains have programming, we have neural pathways that are very, very strong. If we've been thinking a thought for many years, it's going to be hard to change that thought. But first, just kind of recognize it and then maybe have some alternate thoughts that you can kind of switch to when you notice that you're thinking the sneaky ones. So if you were thinking, I wish I was out of pain, and that thought causes you distress or anxiety or fear, then you will actually have more pain. Your brain is helpful at creating more pain for you when there is this danger signal. If you could switch the thought to, I can feel this sensation in my body, or I can let this sensation be there, then that's the way to train your brain not to make more pain for you. In Nicole Sachs' podcast, The Cure for Chronic Pain, she talks about being indifferent or even apathetic when she has pain. So if she wakes up in the morning and has a headache, she'll acknowledge that it's there and just say, that's fine. It's not a problem. Oh, I guess I have a headache today. And she says, and I've experienced this too, that the less you focus on it, the more indifferent or apathetic you can be then the more likely the pain is to minimize or even go away. You could have a thought instead like, I can take care of myself when I feel pain. And think of things that you can do to get into that rest and repair mode emotionally and physically for your body so that you can heal. So how does it feel for you when you think, I wish I wasn't in pain versus... I can take care of myself when I'm in pain. The fourth thing when you have a sneaky little thought is to realize that it is you that is causing the emotional pain for yourself. Like I said, life is 50-50 and there are going to be some things that you want to feel some pain about. There's some clean pain, as we've talked about, associated with some of these things. So realize if you are still feeling that pain, that it's something you're choosing to feel pain about. Remember, pain is a warning signal. It's signaling that something is out of balance or needs to be attended to, needs to be changed. We know that thoughts have physical effects on our body. The thoughts we're thinking over and over can cause emotions, which are neurochemicals, that create results on a cellular level that can cause disease or damage to our body. We also know chronic fight or flight leads to chronic pain and disease. So get in touch with your thoughts, really analyze them. I find the best way is to write them down on paper because then you can actually see what the thoughts are without your brain quickly switching or just filtering automatically. Some of the thoughts you find will be easily identified as negative, but be on the lookout for those sneaky, pretty, nice little lovely thoughts that don't actually feel nice in your body when you think them. If you're not having emotions of love, you're having emotions of fear. Okay, guys, if you haven't already given this podcast a rating and review on iTunes, please take a moment today and do that. If you could go to your computer 
for this. I think that's the way it might work best if it's not working on your phone. But if you go to iTunes.com, look up this podcast, Unstoppable Body and Mind. It just takes a second to rate it with the number of stars that you would give it. You can also give it a review there where you can write more specifically things that you are liking about the podcast, things that might be helpful for other people. And I do read all of the reviews and really, really appreciate them. Plus, it helps this podcast be found by more people. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you learned a little bit about your brain today that helps you in your life like it helped me. Please be sure and subscribe and leave a review. And of course, be sure and share this podcast with someone you know that wants an unstoppable body and mind.